Kenny Garrett, and I'm the pastor of the General Baptist Church, God's House of Prayer, located in Fairborn, Ohio, and I thank you for joining us for this special message from the church. Open your Bibles this morning to the book of Psalms. The Lord had laid some scripture on my heart that I kept coming back to and reading it and reading it, and I knew I could feel the Lord speaking to me on these verses of scripture in the 51st chapter of Psalms. I'll give you a moment to open there this morning. But I began to think, as we'll see, as we'll read and see here in just a moment on what these scriptures are about being a Psalm of David. If everyone's ready, Psalms chapter 51. I went through the chapter this week uh, studying and or went through it verse by verse. There's one verse. We're going to read the chapter, but one verse I want us to take to heart this morning. Psalms chapter 51, beginning in the first verse. This is before we begin reading. This is a Psalm of David after one of his, uh, what you would call, most gravest sins. But this is David here crying out to God. And if you hear beginning in the first verse, he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, Against thee, verse 4, against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Verse 10, I want you, church, to pay attention to this morning. He says here in the 10th verse, Create in me... A clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. And deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall shew forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. 
The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy pleasure, and as I on build thou the walls of Jerusalem, then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering, then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Would you bow your heads with me as we look to the Lord in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we come before you this day, thankful to gather together once again in your mighty presence. Lord, we ask for your blessing in your spirit, the blessing of your spirit upon the message. Give me, Lord, with the words that you have having to read, those words that I may bring forth the bread of life into your sheep. Let them words be said, God, to feed our souls and strengthen our spirits as we come before you now. And we do pray and give you thanks in these things. In your Son, Jesus' mighty name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to take just a few moments to look over these scriptures that we find here in Psalm 51. We know uh, King David is who this psalm is of. It's speaking. King David was a mighty man in the Bible, a, bi- a man that the Bible tells us was a man after God's own heart. But the focus for the focus of the message this morning, I want to look at what King David has come before God to plead forgiveness. We know we read in, in the scriptures that one day, I believe, David came out upon the roof and saw a lady or a woman that was bathing who was desirous to have, the Bible tells us. And through David's own lust and and desires of the flesh, he sought to be with this woman. And if you read, it goes even further. To try and cover up his sin, he used even more sin. But let's be sure of this. The Bible says, to be sure your sin will find you out. And that's what happened here with King David. Isaiah 59 and 2, he writes here, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. We know what the Bible teaches, church, as we read the Scriptures and understand by His Spirit, we know that sin is a very strong thing in our lives, a very mighty force that what does it do? It separates us from the God of life, the God of heaven and earth. We see this here with King David. He says back in Psalm 51, beginning in the first verse, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Even though King David has committed such an, such an egregious sin, he knows who God is. He knows that he is the Bible, what the Bible teaches us today. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He knows that God is full of mercy and love, As the Bible teaches us, He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness. Church, His love, His love, you know that word we find here, loving kindness, can't even begin to describe the love that is in God. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude 
of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. God's love is so great. We talk about sin and how great it is. Sin, the Bible teaches us, is the transgression of God's law. And we'll get a little more into that in just a moment. But even as great as sin can be in our lives, church, there is still something that is much, much greater, and that is God's love. Amen. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world. What did he do? I believe in John 3, 16. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, it tells us. So much so he gave his crown jewel, if you will. His son who was above all and sitting with him in the beginning. We know in John chapter 1 it says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it goes on to say, in the beginning, moving on to the second verse, it says, He was in the beginning, and by Him were all things made, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So who do we serve today, church? We don't just serve a man who lived 2,000 years ago and died and went into the ground. We serve a man who came to this earth in the will of the Father to carry and to bear all of our egregious sin upon himself so that we could what? We could do just as King David is doing here in the Scripture this morning. He's coming back to the one who is the beginning of it all. The one that although we separated ourselves from him in sin, he sent a way, he made a way that we could have our sin forgiven. Not just forgiven and not just covered in the blood of of bulls and goats, but covered in the blood of God's precious Son that we could have our sins. What? Cleansed washed away, never to be remembered again. David writes here, beginning in Psalm 51 in the second verse, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. (coughs) Wash me thoroughly, thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. That's the next part I want to look at. Church sin is a very powerful thing. And when we get ourselves caught up in it, yes, we are born into a sinful nature, a sinful state, if you will. So sin is ever before us, but there is someone who can pull us out of that mire, that miry clay. That is the power of God and His Son, Christ Jesus I want to look at some scripture this morning. The Lord be willing. Uh, let's see. We read Psalm 51, verse 3. He says here in John 3, 16, and I'll, I know I just quoted it, but I want to go over it again. He says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Can we focus on that only begotten for a minute. We know that Christ was in the beginning. We know that He was known and He existed as the Word of God. But it goes on here that Christ became the only begotten Son. God sent Him into the world, begotten of a woman named Mary who was a virgin. He became that sacrificial bread, that sacrificial lamb, if you will, that He could have His blood shed and give us eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. 
and I know I hammer on this part a lot as well, but he says that whosoever, there it is, whosoever, not just the, the millionaire down the street with the pockets full of money or the people in the highest classes of society, but even the bum that is out on the street and that is living in the low, lowliest low of a state, God sent his son to die for that one. Jesus gave us that illustration of the 99 sheep explaining of the father. He says, if a man has the, the 99 sheep and one went astray, he leaves that 99, those 99 sheep, and goes. And he finds that one sheep that went astray. Church, we are the sheep. We are the flock of God. And there was a time when we were the one separated from the 99. And Christ, the good shepherd, as the Bible calls him, Christ left that flock of those 99 just sheep or just persons to come after that one unjust person, that one unjust sinner, a man like myself, or like we are before we come to know him. That is how great the love of God is. Verse 17, John 3 and verse 17, For God, and this is his purpose, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Let's pay attention to that church. Christ's first purpose, Christ's purpose in his first coming, rather, was not to do the condemning, but he was come to call the sinners to repentance. I'm not come to call the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. When he comes back that next time, he will come back as King of kings and Lord of lords. And what does the Bible teach us? What does it tell us? Every eye shall see him, even they that pierced him. How powerful that is. Verse uh, John 3 and verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. <coughs> Excuse me. Need a moment this morning. John 3 and verse 18. He says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not, and here's that a powerful statement. He that believeth not is condemned already. Well, how are you condemned? Because you haven't accepted and believed on the only answer that God has given for salvation and redemption. When you reject Christ, you are rejecting the Father. You are rejecting God, and therefore you condemn yourself in your sinful state. But thanks be to God, we don't have to be kept there. We can be someone who seeks after God, and as we're going to get to in just a moment, when we come to God, we can cry out to Him saying, Lord, give me a clean heart and a right spirit, a heart that seeks after Your ways and to do Your will. Jesus says here in Matthew 18 and 14, Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. As we are here gathered here this morning, I want us to remember how great God's love is for us, that He sent His crown jewel that we could be redeemed and have salvation. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's look back in Psalms. Chapter 51, I want to go to the fourth verse. He says here again, this is King David again, against thee. Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou, just, when, when thou judgest. 
Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I like this next part, church. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Aren't you glad that when we come to Christ, we're just not forgiven and set aside, but He takes us and washes us from the inside out, cleansing the deepest part, the deepest stain upon our soul and making us whiter than snow. Verse 8, Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. I was thinking of some other scripture that come to mind. I didn't write down this morning, but I believe it's the Apostle Peter who's writing or speaking in the book of Acts. He says, Christ has become the chief cornerstone that the builders rejected. And it goes on further to say, Blessed are those that believe and lean on Him, for on Him they shall be held. They shall be lifted up. It says they shall be broken, but those who refuse Him who do not believe and lean on Him, they shall be ground to powder, to dust. Amen. What does that tell you? Christ has the amazing power to forgive, to set free, to change and make a new life. But in judgment, when that time comes, He will come with the power that the Father has given Him. He said, All power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. And just in him having said that in the scriptures, he is full of his love today. Even with all the power that the Father has given him, he still seeks us to come to him. He desires us. He says, I would have mercy and not sacrifice. That is the God that we serve this morning. Psalm 51 and 10 is the main verse of this message. We'll get ready to come to a close here in a moment. But uh, chapter 51 in the 10th verse, David says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I think about those words, and they bring back to my memory a time when I was lost and undone, living in sin. You know, I may have been a child the age of, 12 or 13, I think, but I can still remember the guiltiness, the heaviness of sin and not knowing who God really is. And I'm thankful that even though I was just 12, 13 years old, He still sought me with enough love that I came forward and I experienced the true love of God. And I believe we each have our own individual stories, but they all come to the same end, the same conclusion. And that is... Just how great the love of God really is. I want to leave us this morning. I want to leave us this morning remembering these words here. Create in me a clean heart, O God. You know, even in our daily walks, we still struggle and we do battle with sin in our lives. But that's because we live in an imperfect state. There's coming a day, church, where it says the dead in Christ shall rise. And then we that are alive and remaining shall be caught up to him in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. You know, if I could snap my finger, but in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. Paul even says, We shall not prevent them which are asleep, for they have died in the Lord, having gone, 
having yet to receive the promise, but it shall be received. While we are here upon the earth, and we have moments of battling sin, though I want us to remember, we can call out to God, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Tonight, if you're able to stand this morning, I want to take a moment. We don't have Sister Diane here for music, but I do want to take a moment for prayers. We get ready to come to a close. If anybody has a need this this uh, this morning, you know, we can come to the Lord in prayer. This last verse of Scripture I'm going to quote to you. Matthew 22 and verse 36. We have the, the uh, teachers coming to Jesus saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. But if we go on a little further, he says, And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Think about that, church, as we come before God to create a new heart and a right spirit within us. We are changed and we are made to love God with all of our heart and soul, mind, and strength. And God has one simple further step to go. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets and we do fulfill the love and the work of God. Amen.